Hello, this is Elliot Reed, and welcome to the Ask Girl podcast, where I answer any questions that you might have over the week or this time, even the month. I think it's been a little while since I've done a podcast. So here we go. The title of today's podcast is how we can journal, or how we can write to reduce our symptoms of anxiety. And I'm currently also taking an Instagram live on this topic at the moment, so we'll have a few good questions, I hope, at the end to discuss anxiety and how we can use journaling to affect this. So first of all, first question is, what is anxiety? Now, we might quite accurately be able to describe anxiety as the void between the rational and the irrational mind. Now, authors like uh, I think Stephen Peterson, who wrote The Chimp Paradox, would separate these into two metaphors, right? The chimp, chimp mind, so our primitive mind, which where our amygdala is and our emotional centers are, and our frontal cortex, i.e. our logical mind. Now, we need both. In fact, studies have shown that individuals who have the connection between the rational and irrational mind severed can't make decisions. And this is because they don't have an emotional weight, i.e. a feel-good factor to the outcome of their decisions. So we need our emotions to actually push us through life. However, how they do this ideally should be under our control. Throughout evolution, we have been given consciousness. So around 300,000 years ago, or prior to 300,000 years ago, we would experience emotions much like animals would. So for example, a dog would be aggressive, but as soon as the stimulus which is causing it to be aggressive, i.e. a threatening other dog, or a neighbor isn't there anymore, it will then, its aggression will then dissipate and it will then move on to what it needs to do after that which might be rest or something like that right now this is very difficult for us to do if we are angry or if we're threatened it's very unlikely that we're going to sleep that night however how many of us have dogs for example that will get into a bit of a row at the park will come back home and go straight to sleep again now the difference between us and say dogs or other animals is that we are conscious we develop belief systems we have a perception of of past, present, and future. And not just this, but we also start to predict our world based on, a lot of the time, our emotions, i.e. what is likely in the future to make me feel this way? How do I avoid it? If I can't avoid it, it's going to plague me until that point in time actually comes, which is why a lot of therapeutic techniques, such as meditation, for example, or CBT, are trying to draw us into the present. So one way that I like to summarise this situation of consciousness uh, to a lot of uh, students that I teach and a lot of my patients is as a crew and a ship, and a, or a crew on a ship, right? So previous to consciousness, when we look at other animals, it is just a crew on the ship, just paddling, just paddling, paddling, paddling. If there's a wave that comes, then the crew will steer to the right to avoid it and then it will just carry on paddling right now the only difference with consciousness is now that ship has a captain and that captain can observe the different crew members and their different motives and how they are and what they do and how they think now this by definition or by definition this gives us the opportunity now as the captain i.e the observer of the ship to try and for the lack of a better term whip the crew members into shape If they are in disarray, if they're chaotic, the captain needs to be able to control the ship. And this is the metaphor that I'm going to use when it comes to explaining anxiety, but also expressing how we want to journal to try and get 
uh, better connected to that captain and make sure that the captain of the ship has the most control over the crew. Now, it is our responsibility, it's our responsibility to try and harness the power of the rational mind to coach the irrational mind into doing essentially what we want but in an understanding way. And journaling is a fantastic way to do this. Marcus Aurelius, who was a Roman emperor, thought of as being one of the last good emperors, popularized Stoic philosophy, which we'll talk about in a second, by really paying attention to his thoughts and writing his daily meditations at the end of the day. Now consider that this man who grew up in a very noble society, very uh, upper tier of society, was on the Germanic front lines fighting the Germans for, for I think at least, I think it might be two or three decades. This individual had a lot of reasons to want to try and control his thoughts and to try and control his anxiety, which is where we get his book Meditations from, which is essentially his own private diary. Stoic philosophy actually later then became the founding or the foundation for cognitive behavioural therapy. And that's because Stoic philosophy, much like the Sikh religion, so much like you'll see in Gobani, focuses on perception. You might have no control over the situation which is incurring, but you can control your attitude and you can control your perception with practice and journaling is a fantastic way of being able to coach our perception arguably change our perception but also come up become one with or one with understanding the chaotic nature of the mind and how the observer or the captain of the ship can execute better control over it now my methods for journaling might be quite different for you and I would recommend that you experiment and that you learn about your mind. However, these are my tips to improve my ability to journal, to better rationalise my situation, better take control over my mind. Now I'll give you a little bit of an insight into my mind before we start. My mind, but characteristically, I go through very, very high periods and very, very low periods. So my low periods might uh, manifest themselves physically in me not wanting to get out of bed but then I also can't sleep I don't want to um, see people but then at the same time I know that it's going to be a good um, way for me to uh, distract myself from my feelings and the only way that I can describe it is that if someone's feelings are on a baseline like a normal day or a normal weather uh, normal weather my low days are like being outside in the rain during thunderstorms when it's really cold. So it takes a lot more for me to be able to get, bring up my enthusiasm and bring up my willingness to be able to engage on a day-to-day -day basis with people, which is obviously very important for my job. So a lot of the time, I might be putting on a bit of a mask when I'm actually um, out on a day-to-day -day basis. But then at, other, at the other end of the spectrum, I'll be buzzing. So some days I'll be almost ex seriously excited to get out of bed and do stuff and I'll have to almost breathe easy to try and calm myself down so I'm either between feeling like I'm high on life to then sometimes feeling like um, I'm stuck outside in the rain that's the best way I can describe it so I use journaling to try and control this so my first tips for journaling journaling is to try and hone the observer or the perspective of the observer I try and switch from using the term I to using the term you 
because I am the observer and now speaking to a certain version of myself. So when I journal a lot of the time, I might briefly use the word I, but most of the time I'm using the term you. And this is to once again address the fact that I am observing a part of myself that I am trying to coach. And, and also it's bringing attention to the fact that the observer isn't the mind. So although my mind might feel like a quite a chaotic place, that's not necessarily me. That is the environment of my mind, but it is not me who controls the mind or lords over the mind. I think Stoic, there was a Stoic philosopher who said that you should rule over your mind like an emperor rules over his empire. So to use the term you, you can better coach um, your way throughout your journaling. And you want to observe, yeah, observe the day and coach your way out of it. So this is an example from something that I wrote. So in my journal, I wrote, the garden you have grown in the dark has come into the light and how beautiful it is. Be courageous, stay true, keep north and elevate the mind in the, merri in the murkiest of waters. Have faith, keep moving and you will undoubtedly enjoy the light as if the dark never existed. So what I'm saying here, if we break this down, is okay first of all you have grown in the what you the garden you have grown in the dark so what i'm saying here is i'm trying to draw attention to positivity and i'm trying to conjure positive thoughts even if i'm experiencing an extremely dark period so like growing flowers in the dark for example growing flowers in the dark you know you're growing them you know it's a good thing to do it's a positive thing to do but you're not actually going to see those flowers until you have a bright day so it's me trying to coach myself into understanding that even though you don't feel like trying to think positively, even though you don't think it's a good thing to be positive at this point in time, do it anyway. And the discipline which you have conjured in the dark will become even more beneficial in the light. I'm then going on to, to give myself encouragement to be courageous, stay true, keep north and elevate the mind in the murkiest of waters. Have faith, keep moving, and you will undoubtedly enjoy the light as if the dark never existed. This is me coaching myself to acknowledge the fact that weather, the weather doesn't stay the same. It changes. Some days you're going to have to ride a storm, other days you're going to be able to enjoy blissful weather. My second tip is don't vent write what is and provide a solution when i first started to journal i would start by just venting and i don't think this is a good thing because it's negative and it doesn't provide <clears throat> a solution for how i was feeling at the time instead i will observe what is once again trying to take the eye out of the equation so it might be for example today was a really tough day <clears throat> i don't i'm not saying i feel like today is a really tough day just say how it is today is a really tough day it was very difficult to motivate myself. It, there were many people who got in my way of doing good things or doing productive things. However, and you can then go on to trying to provide a solution. Third tip, um, I wanted, yeah, so I wanted to try and find a trend. I was looking at this actually last week. I was trying to find a trend for my emotions. I was like, well, did it? were my uh, down points due to this period in time was it when I was opening this business was was it when I was working this hard or when I was around these people or this time of year and there was no trend at all in fact one of my most depressing entries into 
the the journal that I've written actually came in the middle of summer, right? Where and it was actually a bit of a quiet time at the clinic, and I was writing how a quiet it was a quiet time at the clinic. I didn't have much to do. This is maybe like um, five five six years ago. However, I still felt in a very very dark place. And the reason why I wanted to highlight this is that sometimes we have to accept that sometimes we've just got to sit out in the rain. Sometimes our mind is not going to be the most pleasant place to be, but we still have to go on doing what we need to be doing on a day-to-day basis. And one thing I wrote actually was, in fact, let me see if I can try and find it, because it was a recent entry into my journal. I think I wrote it almost as a poem. Yeah. So this is the the poem that I wrote. So this is just in part of my diary. So it goes, sometimes you have to run in the rain. Observe. It's It's a sensation if you don't call it pain. Often the rain stays whether you move or you don't. Sometimes it pours so heavy that you just won't. Beauty can can be seen in downpours at times. Rest easy so that you have the strength out of a flooding well you climb. So what I was just saying here is sometimes whether you like it or not, you've got to go out running, running in the rain. Um, there's no point moaning about it. There's no point trying to vent about it. Sometimes that is what it is. Observe. It's a sensation if you don't call it pain. Now, this actually goes back to a book which I read called um, How Emotions Are Made. The author of this book is fantastic, but her name escapes me. What she's essentially saying in this book is that a lot of the time we make the mistake of labelling our emotions we might label our emotions as anger or grief or lowness. However, there is no trend amongst us, so depending on the individual, there's no trend between us as to what my anger looks like and what your anger looks like. The only thing that has in common is the label. And the mistake that we often have is by labelling them and by them becoming more than just a sensation or more than just a transient sensation that will just change over time anyway so that's why i said observe it's a a sensation if you don't call it pain often the rain stays whether you move or you don't sometimes it pours so heavy that you just won't so this is me accepting that sometimes my moods can be so low and my um for lack of a better term depression can be so um strong that it will just hold me in place and at that point in time i just have to say okay cool no problem that's the nature of the day and um, today is going to be a day where I do the bare minimum, and that's it. Beauty can be seen in the, in the downpour at times. Rest easy so that you have, have strength out of a flooding well you climb. So here I'm saying that although it can be heavy, sometimes there can be beauty in just observing the peace of the situation. And although you feel low, just like you might look out of your room on a, or, look, or, or you stand out in the rain from time to time. If you can count that you're safe, you can count that you're healthy. You can sometimes see beauty in the darkness as well. Rest easy so that you have the strength out of a flooding well you climb. This is me just saying that when you have the opportunity to rest, it's a good time to do so because sometimes to climb your way out of depression is going to take more effort than... Um, if you were to just sit there and and take it right so sometimes you have to rest and to garnish your to, to garner your strength to then be able to climb out of the depression so just to summarize my tips on journaling are to number one coach use the term you rather than i observe that 
you are not the mind and the mind is not you. You are the observer of the mind. There is a duality here. The third is don't vent, write and try and provide a solution. And the fourth is to accept that sometimes it rains and sometimes when it does rain, you have no choice but to sit in it. You can write, you can reflect, you can learn that that's not you. And just by understanding that there's a separation between yourself and your dark moods can really help as it's really helped me. I hope that was a beneficial podcast for you. This was requested by Jane. If you have any requests on any um, videos that you'd like me to put out, then all you need to do is comment below and uh, I will see you and I'll talk to you then. If you need any help with your health and fitness, we have helped over 8,000 people become pain-free, physically well, mentally well, physically fit. If you'd like to book in a free consultation with any members of the team, please feel free to do so at www.revitalizedclinic.co.uk. Thanks for listening.